Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Simple. This is Luis Sanchez. I'm here with my co-host. Hey, I'm Scott Callantine. Welcome to the episode. Let's get started. Hey you guys, welcome back to season two of Keeping It Simple. This is episode two with your host, Luis Sanchez. And Scott Callantine. It's good to be with you guys. Today we have a very special guest, my lovely wife, Melissa. Hello. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Melissa, tell us one thing you want our hearers to, to know about you. Mm, one thing I want people to know about me. I have four kids and I'm that's, from Vermont. That's four things. That's four <laughs> things. <laughs> yes. Four children, four things, I guess. And a puppy. Thing one, thing two, thing three, thing four. <laughs> and a new puppy. We got a Great Dane puppy. She's so cute. That actually might come into cute. play a little bit later because puppies really help you to connect. Church planting. Yeah, with yes. others. So we're excited for today's episode. Uh, we're continuing our series on irreducible or ecclesial minimums uh, and, and what that means for our community and what that means for establishing or seeing a simple church uh, being birthed. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about these four irreducible minimums or the four core pieces of a simple church. We're talking about worship. We're talking about community. We're talking about mission. And we're talking about leadership development. So last uh, episode was on mission. And today we're going to be focusing. You mean worship. Worship. I mean worship. <laughs> worship. Go and, back and listen to that right, one if right, you haven't. Right. Um, just keep the series congruent. Correct. And today we're going to be talking about community. And so we ended up at these four, after you know, prayer and also like learning from other uh, micro church movements yeah. that are actually tracking disciple making movements. If you want to learn more about that, go back to season one and and listen to podcasts about disciple making and uh, about mission. And they found that most disciple making movements had like these three or four core elements: and mm -hmm. worship, community, mission. Uh, and leadership development is what felt like made sense to us and what we wanted to see uh, uh, happen at each one of these communities that are emerging before we can you know, say that each one of these are a simple church, before that we can say, hey, each one of these are a simple church. So, so Scott, uh, when we talk about community, you know, what do we mean? Yeah. Um... To be clear, when we have these four minimums, it's not that church is only this or it has to look a specific way. It's these are the basic elements of which, yeah, there might be more than these things involved in, in a simple church or even the more traditional church context. But these four things have to be there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just to be clear, that's like these four things are the it can foundation. Be more, but it can't be less. Yeah. And so when we talk about community, a definition that, that we've kind of arrived at is community is the establishment of meaningful relationships. Mm -hmm. So these are people that are legitimately your friends. Right. You know, you text one another, you call one another, you have meals together, you go to each other's events. If they have kids, you go to their kids' games, et cetera, et cetera. We want people to actually be friends, right? And so in a simple church, in our gathering places, we want meaningful relationships to be established. And the, re the reality is uh, simple churches are going to be birthed out of your relational network. Right. And so there will be an aspect of community naturally ingrained. Mm -hmm. But if there are multiple people bringing multiple strands of relational networks together into one simple church, then that means that these different relational networks 
begin to establish and form meaningful relationships together. So when we say uh, community in the Simple Church Collective, that we mean meaningful relationships are established. And so we want to see that. So the part of the reason we invited Melissa on here, we wanted to hear from her, is because she's really good at building community. Um, and so, Melissa, yes. before we really get going here, mm-hmm. maybe give us a story. How have you experienced building community? Well, when we were on Whidbey, this is one of my favorite, I don't know, communities that we've kind of birthed <laughs> in our home, is when we were... When we were living on Whidbey, we would go to a coffee shop all the time, and we had the twins, but they were like four to six months old, mm. and these baristas, they were like, oh, let us hold your babies. I'm like, okay, cool, because then I can drink a cup of coffee without a baby taking it. And so they started <laughs> holding my babies <laughs> while they're working, you know, and chilling at the counter, and then we started talking, and um, I like to watch one particular TV show that is pretty not Jesus centric <laughs> on, on, uh, during the week. And we started talking about it and they also watched it, but it's always more fun to watch with other people. Mm-hmm. And so I was not sponsored by this TV show, which is why I'm not saying it, but, yeah. but it does play on ABC, not some like other kind of TV show. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's interesting. And so I was, you know, like, Hey, why don't you guys come over and, and we'll, you know, drink a wine and we'll watch it and we'll have cookies and we'll hang out. And so I just invited these baristas over to my house and they were like 10 years younger than me. So it was pretty funny. And so <laughs> they come over and they hang out. We have the babies and Noah and we had just moved to the island. It became a weekly thing for the next four and a half years. Mm. And when um, the show wasn't playing like on the off season or whatever, we turned it into art night. Because we all enjoyed coloring. And so we would sometimes just color in the kids' coloring books <laughs> and just hang out around our mm. table and have good conversation. And so we used to, we lovingly call it Trashy TV and Jesus Nights. Um, because <laughs> even though we're watching a trashy TV show, we actually had some really good, deep conversation. Yeah. Um, and this group grew um from two to four to six and we they would just come over every single week and it was in the calendar and that became Mm. our community and when we had mila they were our community uh who helped us through that and when i had to get surgery they helped us through that and so i learned also that in community um it's important for people to know me as well and not just to serve them yeah so well, that's an awesome story. Trashy TV and Trashy Jesus TV. Nights. Yep. Stamped here from the Civil Church Collection. <laughs> and they know it, too. That's what they called it. We made t-shirts and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fun. See, yeah. that's, I mean, that might be unorthodox for some people, oh, yeah. a way of creating community. Um, but you can, you can watch TV together and talk about Jesus. You can mm-hmm. prioritize uh, art nights and, and whatever. I love that. Now, Fast forward maybe here to your time with the Civil Church Collective and what we're doing here in the greater Seattle area. How have maybe you seen community been built over the last couple years here? Um, Specifically, I know this past summer that we've made a lot of um, strides in Mm -hmm. our community development and within the collective. Go ahead and speak to that a little bit. Well, we moved to Marysville 
before COVID happened. And so we had all these plans. We're going to do wrestling and, you know, the girls are going to be in dance class and having kids is really helpful in meeting people because Mm. you're just surrounded by a bunch of parents who also generally want community. Um, But then, you know, everything kind of shut down like six months in. And so we're like, oh man, like, how do we, how do we meet people when we're not going anywhere? But we look outside in our neighborhood and we're like in a suburban neighborhood and we're surrounded by people who also need community and aren't Mm. going anywhere. (laughs) And so when it started getting warmer again, we thought, you know what, let's be unafraid to fail. Let's Mm. put ourselves out there and just see what happens. And so we decided we'll have a community barbecue but not like a normal community barbecue but one where we each take our own grill put it to the front of our driveways so we all all the houses had their own grills and stuff in the front of their driveways so this isn't normal like yeah this is not where we lived that was the norm in the northwest in Philly, they have porches and people hang out in the front of their houses. In the Northwest, people have backyards and that's yes. where typically people, people go hang. into their homes, they close their garage door, and you don't see them again until they go to work the next day. Yeah. And so it's kind of like breaking that barrier. Mm. And so we opened our garage door, we put our grill in the front of the house instead of the back, and then our neighbors did that as well. We put a bubble machine out, we played music, and we were all together. But separate, you know, because of COVID and everything. But that kind of started the trajectory of hanging out with our neighbors and breaking those barriers. So it's more than just saying hello to the person who Mm. lives next to you. And now, you know, then we started doing social distance bonfires. um, And we would put the the bonfire thing in the center of the cul-de-sac. And all the neighbors in the cul-de-sac would come out. And we would just sit around the bonfire and hang out in the middle of the... In the middle of the road. <laughs> but no one comes up the street, you know, so we're not going to get yeah. hit. And then their kids come out, play with our kids. And so that's just kind of been the beginning of our neighborhood community. community. Yeah. But actual community. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And from there, you've spawned a lot of, like, meaningful relationships. You mm-hmm. have friends that you guys hang out with, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes spend weekends with, or Friday night bonfires, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so that's, that's awesome. I love these are really good examples. And for every, for everyone listening, uh, your context might be slightly different. You mm-hmm. may not have a neighborhood, or a you cul-de-sac, may, yeah, or, or a cul-de-sac, yeah. or maybe you have housemates, or things may be a little bit different. But I hope this kind of inspires a little bit of creativity and how we can mm-hmm. uh, begin to form and, and build community. In Philly, we you know we live life on the porch, so we moved our dining table onto the porch. We would do that, and we would just sit on our porch and eat dinner, so we could talk to people passing by. Hmm. So about intentionality, doing things different. Yeah. What What I love about uh, your example, and like even specifically here in Marysville, your Mm cul-de-sac, is you began to identify and realize this is our context and this is where Jesus has drawn us to. This is where he's called us to in this time, in this moment. So with the people that are around us, who he is calling us to, how do we orientate our life to that? Right. Mm -hmm. And and that's how you begin to discern and develop community. Luis, you kind of wanted to share a little bit about that, about orientating your life around certain people. Yeah. No, part, and, and this is kind of where all of these begin to bleed together. And then mm-hmm. that's how a, a church emerges is like, you start asking the questions like, are we doing this? Are we doing this? Are we doing this? 
you know, are you getting together, you know, uh, routinely for, you know, talking about Jesus or reading the scriptures or, you know, singing a song or, you know, are you getting together are to you, break are you bread? Sharing a meal together. Yeah, yeah. Are you breaking, getting together to break bread or to kind of be in each other's life and kind of learn about each other's, you know, mess and the beauty, you know, and, and all those mm. kind of things. Um, and then, and then this one starts to bleed a little bit into mission, right? Like mm -hmm. asking the question, like, who are you called to specifically? If you're called to everyone, it's almost like you're called to no one, yeah. right? And then how will you know that you're really, uh, that your time is being spent well and yeah. that your investment, you know, here's the reality. God is um, limitless, but we have limits. Yeah. As much as some people would like to say, hey, you know, take the limits off. We have no, like we have limits, right? Yeah. Like as humans, yeah. I, I don't have everything to give, right? My resources run out and that means my time. That means, you know, Your my energy. finances, my energy, yeah. right? Like my reasons, my resources run out. And so how can I be the best steward of my time, my energy, my resources, you know, uh, my thought life, you know? Um, and, and so we look to Jesus, right? Ultimately, Jesus is the best missiologist. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, Jesus is the best missionary ever, right? And so what we're saying is we're looking to be people on mission that bring the gospel to certain pockets of relationships and a network of relationships mm. where Jesus is not at already. And so we look to Jesus and, and, and what do we see in his life? We see that Jesus, um, he hung out with crowds from time to time. And then there was this time when there was 5,000 and he fed the 5,000. It was 5,000 plus, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. he hung out with like, you know, we see that there was a community of 120 in the book of Acts, like people are getting filled with the spirit. We see that one time he, uh, you know, inspires 72 people to go live out the mission. They mm -hmm. go do mir miracles and, uh, you know, great exploits in the spirit world, 72 of them. Yeah. Uh, and then we see the 12, right? We see the disciples. Uh, he spent most of his time with the 12 and then really the three, right? Peter, uh, uh, James, uh, and John. And so the question is, have we identified who we spend the most most of our time with? Mm -hmm. Who are our three? Who are our 12? Yeah. Who are 72? And then who are the crowds, 120 and beyond, right? Yeah. And so what I believe, you know, which is a little bit different than in the prevailing model or in church's normal Sunday morning is that, and this is me, crowd. And this, and, and, yeah. and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to lead with this. This was, I was in this model for 13 years, right? And we wanted to throw big events. And those big events were cool. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to throw, you know, have the start and launch the biggest service possible. And that's not bad, right? But how deep are you going? It's not just about breath, right? Mm -hmm. It's about depth, right? It's mm -hmm. not just, you know, and so with three, you're able to go deep. With 12, you're able to go deep, right? And so... And, and, and you can remember to pray for 12 people. You can remember to pray for sure for three, mm -hmm. right? You get to 120, you're like, you might know 120, but you're, you're not necessarily thinking about 120 all the time. So mm. part of the question is identifying who are your people? And we kind of ask that question. Who are your people? Who has Jesus sent you to? So for us, our cul-de-sac and our neighbors are our 12, right? They're, they're in, um, among our 12s. For me specifically, our three, who's my three that I've specifically in this season spend time with? Scott, I would throw you on there. I would throw um, other members of our team. And I want to 
go deeper even mm. in that level of relationship. Yeah. And then with the 12 around and then because Jesus changed the world, right? Not with the 5,000. He changed the world with the 12. With the 12, yeah. With the 12. And most of his time, it's in the low 70s, the percentage of Jesus' time recorded in scripture was spent with the 12. And so it's a paradox of sort, right? And we think we'll have the biggest impact when we have the most crowds. Yeah. And Jesus says, no, that's not the way we do it. We can have the biggest impact when we multiply ourselves in uh, a small number of people, and then they do the same. Mm-hmm. And you ask them that question to those 12, like, hey, who, who are your three and who are your 12, right? Yeah. And so. No, I think that's really powerful and really good. I would, I would challenge each, each listener here as, as you listen, whenever you listen, whether it's when this comes out or at a later date, what is the pocket of people? that Jesus is drawing you to, that he is calling you to invest your time and your energy and your resources and to really orientate your life around. Jesus is at the center of everything we're doing, but then the people that are around us, how are we orientating our lives to them? And we should have that three and we should have that 12. And there should be that 72, those people we do know, we do connect with, but they're not the priority. They're not the focus of of our time and how we invest our time. And so um, I think if we model this after Jesus, like we should be modeling most things or everything, then we will begin to uh, put ourselves in proximity to be able to build community. Luis, you also had a really good story you wanted to share, or just like a real life example of how you have seen community develop in honest to these so we've been meeting for about a year and a half uh and the way that started was we did a uh, backpack drive at our local elementary school uh and we partnered with the uh you know ell yeah english language learner mm-hmm. program and a bunch of people came there are people from you know the muslim world there are people from Romania. uh yeah yeah eastern europe and they're uh, latin americans and um, so we got to connect with a, a family that was Colombian, um, and they happened to live across the street from the school, and we, they had just moved here from uh, the Southwest and, uh, like, Texas area, and we said, hey, we're going to start this, you know, gathering. We invited them over for food. We started... Noah's son, Noah's age. Yep. And we started a Discovery Bible study with them. Mm-hmm. Well, things have gone... The trajectory has been kind of more social environment to a discovery Bible study, more intentional spiritual growth environment. And now they're really a part of, you know, I would say our 12 slash 72, right? Somewhere in between the 12 to 72. Because a lot of our, honestly, it's not that neat. So some of our circles kind of intertwine, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's just the, the way that life works. And so um, they really wanted to fish. They'd never been fishing. They didn't grow up in the States. That's one of the things that I, I get to do. I, I love to do. Melissa and I make sure that I get out, you know, and, and she's gracious enough to let me get out on the river. As long as I get some salmon. <laughs> as long as you get some salmon. <laughs> and so I walk with them. You know, we went to our local Cabela's and, like, helped them get their licenses. They didn't know how to do that, right? Yeah. And, and one of, you know, before the summer was over, we were able to have Discovery Bible Study at one of our local beaches. We're in the Northwest, so there's tons of beaches. And we're sitting there casting for salmon, and it was a beautiful moment. Um, one of the, you know, the 
the things that they wanted to check off the list they were able to do. And then the other thing was I, I invited him. I, I recently started coaching our um, local YMCA uh, flag football um, team. And the kid doesn't know how to play football, but that's not what it's about. They want the same thing we want, but they don't have the access or the know-how to uh, kind of break through into the community. And so as someone who does, I invited them along. I said, hey, do you think that your son wants to play with my son? My, our, our kids get along pretty good. And and I would love that. He's, he calls me pastor because they're old school. You know, uh, <laughs> so, so I would love to pastor. You know, and then he got his kid cleats. He got his kid a mouthpiece. He's like, doesn't know exactly how it works because, you know, they play soccer down in Colombia. And so, mm. but increasingly um, becoming a part of our community, increasingly yeah. beca- like affecting their lives positively in tangible ways and welcoming them the way that Jesus would. Um, so I don't know if that mm-hmm. answers that question. Yeah, I think that's another awesome picture of how we're trying to build community yeah. and tangibly how you've. Uh, gone about it and I, I think it's cool and important to know that's a year and a half of progress right, that's right, not right, right, right. three yeah. weeks or yeah. two months yeah. and it's really easy maybe it's just our culture and our context but it's really easy to try and you know that quick fix or it needs to happen overnight or within mm-hmm. a month that's not realistic yeah. um, and it is a slow burn it's a slow process and something that I love that that we've done and we've really pivoted in to this year in 2021 is uh, we call it like just like first Friday gatherings mm-hmm. is where we really started to prioritize this gathering space um, really at the beginning of the summer of, the, of this year in which it is an intentional community building environment. So often we've hosted them here at your guys' house mm-hmm. and we've had free food and drink, a trampoline for kids. A fire pit with s'mores. We've we've got a projector with movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched the Goofy movie at one point. Uh, yes, well, and, we had '90s nights. So and that, there was everyone a came night, yeah. dressed up in the '90s. We got '90s candy. It was a hit for all the adults. <laughs> Throwbacks. Yes. Right. And so there's all these different ways that we were seeking to build community, and mm-hmm. most of the people that attended this, uh, some were from our team, but some and most they didn't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. No. And it's so it's it's an intentional space that we prioritize in our schedules in our times of hey we want to build community and there's a space uh, that we can invite people it's a family friendly environment and we can get to know people mm-hmm. you even invited people one time that you'd met on the beach the yeah, day before friend. right yeah the beach the grocery store the nail place the gymnastics dance class I don't know I just pick I I pick people up yeah, yeah we, we <laughs> I'm the people yeah. collector and those people would be like in the one twenty you know yeah. range you know like although. I invited, yeah, the one from the, the family from the beach, and then she asked if she could invite her neighbor. So yeah. her neighbor came, who I didn't even know, I, just this random person in my house. I was like, I think you're this person's friend. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> she loved it. So she brought her, like, new baby, hung out, and then she actually texted me this week and was like, hey, do you want to do a paint and sip thing at the place where we did ladies karaoke night? And she literally planned our next ladies' night, and I've met her that's, one time. That's awesome. And so now in November, we're doing another ladies' night, and we've got like 12 women. So so I, I do just want to say, like, <laughs> it's not like remade the former church events into like a new just, like, the intentionality of this community is to one day form 
simple churches or micro churches out of uh, like that's the intentionality Mm -hmm. and some people are further along the spectrum than others some people we've had um uh uh, spiritual conversations with Mm -hmm. others we're you know we're just hanging out there's like different um there's levels levels, there's layers of intimacy right like some of them trust us enough to say hey i'm going through a hard time can you pray for me yes or i'm about to have a job interview like can you pray for me you know others they might just come check us out and just want to do a wine and sip. That's fine, mm-hmm. you know. And then that's just part of the discernment process. And you know, and and none of our communities are closed, right? Our communities are open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And we're saying, hey, how can we be faithful to the context that Jesus has called us, so that we can see the gospel planted in that concept, um, in that context, context, and then see a simple church emerge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just be willing to engage and have those conversations because a lot of people want to have those conversations, but they need a safe space to do it. Yeah. And so creating that relational equity and providing mm-hmm. a space to, to have those is what is what they want. Here's the thing, like don't just don't be weird. Right. Yeah, don't be weird. And if you're weird, like just own it. I mean I am a little right. weird. Right. We're all a little, little weird. weird. Right. But but but, but you don't have to no like, to be weird. Have yes. a, you don't have to come <laughs> up with like it doesn't need to be cheesy. Mm-mm. It does. It needs to be authentic, right? Someone yeah. once said authenticity mm-hmm. is the best apologetic, right? You don't have to know all the biblical answers. You just need to say, "Hey, this is what I know. This is what I don't know." Hey, you know, we can come back to that one later and take some time to figure it out and say, "Hey, this is what I believe." You know, yeah. But mm-hmm. be Pro- authentic. Yeah, be authentic. Prove yourself a trustworthy person. Yeah. Uh-huh. Be a good friend. Don't be a jerk. Yeah, for real. So, it's so simple. Keep it it really is. Keep it simple. That's the moral of the story. Don't make it so complicated. So as we, as we begin to land the plane, one, I hope that you guys are beginning to, to see and understand uh, why these uh, irreducible minimums are important and how we have to have worship and be coming back to Jesus and keep Jesus at the center. And then we also have to be building community in, in all that we're doing. And it's from the, this community environment. It's from beginning to talk about Jesus with people, mm-hmm. worshiping and, and exploring Jesus together. The mission comes into the picture, then leadership development. And we're going to get to these topics in the coming weeks. Come back. Stay tuned. Melissa, you look like you want to say something. I have something to say. Because okay. I feel like people listening might be hearing these stories and thinking, dang, I am not an extrovert. I am not the person that will just walk up to someone on the beach and be like, hey, let's hang out. Because I realize that that's not normal for some people. So I just want to encourage anyone who is maybe identifies as an introvert or an ambivert. That's a whole other conversation. But just putting yourself a little bit outside of your comfort zone. This has not always been my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, joining a a local community class and just talking to the person next to you you know you, you don't have to just go out and like stand on a street corner and yell at people yeah. that's not please what we're saying yeah. no please don't do that you know but just talking to the person behind you in line at the grocery store mm-hmm. you don't have to get their number but just practice your social skills almost and just being a nice human being um is is really where to start it's identify not identify who god yes. is calling you to yes. so you start with prayer and fasting Go back and listen to where. Then listen. Mm-hmm. Where are you at work, God? Ask that question, and then how can I join you? The Lord's given you passions already. He's mm-hmm. already gifted you, and He's already called you to a specific group of people. And chances are, they're already within the network of relationships you're already in. If you're an introvert, 
focus on the three, focus on the 12, mm-hmm. and go deep with those, and then go from there. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I think we'll wrap up with this, this passage um, from the book of Acts. And as you listen, just note the communal environment, building community that happens here. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad, sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening.